Welcome to the In the Great Wide Somewhere podcast, where we share stories of faith, hope, miracles, and more through people living life on mission. I'm Talia, wife, mom, and field coordinator for Missionary Ventures International, and I'm inviting you to join my family as we pack our bags and move abroad from sunny Florida to the UK. So grab your wellies, that's rain boots, and join me on this adventurous life of faith in the Great Wide Somewhere. Hello from Phoenix, Ireland. I am Talia, your host, and I'm here with my husband, Keith. And tonight we are talking about how to keep your family a priority when moving for ministry. Hey, babe. Hey, glad to be here again. Yes, you're, you're I guess I'm biased, but you're my favorite co-host. Well, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you get stuck and pulled into this probably on, on you don't get to choose. Uh, it's, it's my privilege to be okay. here. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Well, today we are talking about how to keep your family a priority when moving for ministry. For us, it's in the context of making a big move for ministry. For those of you who might just be tuning in for the first time, our family just left our home in sunny Florida, United States, and moved across the pond to the United Kingdom. We've been living just outside of Manchester, England for the last three months. And right now we're um, on a bit of a ministry trip to Ireland, but we came in a few days early to spend some time as a family. Yeah, which is so important. I think that, yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about tonight is how important it is that our family uh, is a priority. Okay, in one word, and the first word that comes to mind, tell me what your thought is of Ireland. Love it. Okay, that's two words, but love it. It is absolutely beautiful. I mean, you hear that? We have so many friends who have been here, and I know you've visited Dublin like briefly on a layover before, but yeah. but everyone says like, oh, I love Ireland, I, I want to go back, but putting feet on the ground here, this country is insanely beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and like just like the people here are so friendly and genuine, and like they will, it just reminds me of all the best things of places that we've lived where, you know, it's sort of small town feel, everyone will do whatever they can. Like, I mean, uh, just even this trip, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but just like the crazy experiences we've had. Yeah, go for how... it. What, what happened yesterday? Well, so yesterday our the muffler fell off of our car, <laughs> which was awesome. So we own a car here in the United Kingdom. Well, we're not in the United Kingdom right now, but we own a car. We drove it onto a ferry from Liverpool, England, and took the ferry over to Belfast, Northern Ireland, and then we drove it down into Ireland. So this yeah. is why we have our car in Ireland. Yeah, so our, our muffler detached from our tailpipe and was dragging on the road. And so um, <laughs> I did my best to tie it up with string because that's all that the Can you tell them how gas you... station had. Okay, it's a little truck stop. We stopped for lunch. And Keith says, I have to try and like at least, you know, Jimmy rig this thing up before we can get it to a shop because it's dragging. They didn't even have like zip ties or anything. Or scissors. Yeah, they didn't. I had to buy string and toenail clippers in order to accomplish the task I needed to. Okay, but after that, we drove it like just like three minutes down the road to a shop that no longer existed. But there was a okay. This is just how like small town villagey our experience has been here. We show up to this address that does not exist, and we're sitting at this stop sign, thinking, "How much further can we drive the car?" And here comes the sweet elderly lady pulling around the corner and Keith is just standing outside the car so she rolls down her window and politely asks if we need help and Keith explains the situation and she said oh yes he doesn't he doesn't work anymore he's retired but he lives right here in this house just go knock on his door and so then Keith, most awkward thing ever for I mean, you I'm you like, just I'll like go it. and knock on a random person's door and say 
I know you don't do this anymore, but will you help me? Right. And then also you're in a different country. Yeah. Which makes everything... I mean, for those of you who have actually lived in a different culture, it seems like even the silliest, you know, like, yeah, this was a neat experience, but like everything's just a little bit more exaggerated. Yeah, and we were like just outside of Midlands, Ireland. It's like the middle of the country. And so we're not in touristy, cultural Dublin. Yeah, we're like, so it's hard to even understand people's accents, honestly. Anyways, this gentleman was extremely helpful. He wasn't able to help us, but he directed us to some, uh, to a shop that could, that was just down the hill. And a minute later we were there and they were fixing it up for us at no cost. And they just sent us on their way. And they were probably more amused at our situation than concerned about. <laughs> yeah. But so I love the people yeah. here. People are just, I feel like they're so friendly and helpful and, um, yeah, we've been we've lived in a lot of places where people wouldn't care yeah. if you were stuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for me, Ireland, I, I just like it is breathtaking to me. Just every piece of it that we've seen. And tonight, the last couple of nights, we've been in an Airbnb just off the southern west coast. Um, uh, you may have heard of Dingle Peninsula. So we're in a small town just off the peninsula called Phoenix. It's it's on the Atlantic Ocean. Um, it's got mountains. It's just, it's incredible. So we actually came down here to do just that, is try to keep our family a priority um, amongst this big move. So we're sort of on a ministry trip, but we wanted to take an extra few days to just really invest in the girls, invest in each other. And so we're here just relaxing and spending time together. So we keep telling Veda we're on a family vacation. Yeah, which she, she doesn't really even understand what that is, just because we've traveled so much in our life. And so it's like to separate something as a vacation is different for her, I think. Yeah. And it, it kind of caught me off guard because so just a little bit of background, um, moving over here, you know, we we've gone through cultural trainings, we've done our best to prepare ourselves and prepare the children and um, you know, how do you help them adjust to a new culture? And some people would say like, oh, they're young, they'll be fine. And that's true. And in years to come, I'm sure these experiences will be so great for them. But the challenges we have faced with the girls, you just, you can't really plan for them. You can't really prepare for them. And that's okay. You can, you can be prepared to walk them through it as they happen. But Veda has been a lot more homesick than I think we anticipated. And so even coming from Manchester to Ireland she thought we were moving again and I wasn't prepared for that but we woke up the first morning and she had tears in her eyes and she said but I really liked my other house I don't want to move to a different house and I thought well as a mom that sort of breaks your heart because how do you explain to a three-year-old okay sweetie we're not just moving for the sake of moving we're moving because the Lord has called us to something and we are taking a step of faith and yes taking this transition and doing this but today we're just on a family vacation yeah yeah, and like giving them space to figure that out and walk through that with them. Because I think that we as adults, we so quickly like we understand what's happening. And even like little things like here we are in Ireland and, and we joke about how the accent is different. But to her, I mean, she can't understand that these people just have a different accent. So it's entirely foreign and new all over again. And I think that's why it's really important for us or what we've learned that works for our family is to at least recognize the pace of the children and go at that pace, which I know is an unpopular opinion. There's so many, I think, modern parenting things that say your children will fit into your life and don't let them change your schedule and don't let them change your the way 
you know, your family runs. And to, to some degree, I definitely agree with that. Your, your kids can't, they can't run the show. Like you can't, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? But, but I think in this context, to go at their pace has been one of the best pieces of advice we've gotten. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that that's especially hard, maybe not especially hard, but it is hard in ministry because you want to jump right in. You want to get right into it. You have stuff to do and and uh, and you're busy. And, and to recognize that, that your family is still your first priority. Um, and your even, first ministry. Yeah, yeah, that you're, you're ministering to your family through it all, um, despite all the other ministry that needs to happen and will happen, but it can only happen if your family's healthy. And I think that, that kind of like sums it up. Like, how do you keep your family a priority when moving for ministry? I think it's don't go all in right away. And that doesn't mean be unwise. I think there has, I mean, and it's going to be different for every family, but you have to be flexible with your boundaries, but you have to have those boundaries. And you need to know, it's kind of just a learning curve. You're going to figure out what that means for your family. Like it's a balancing act of following the signs of your family, of your kids, of your, of your marriage. Do you need to slow down so that you can eventually do more for the Lord? Or do you need to say like, Hey, I know that we have a very strict bedtime routine, but this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, or this is an opportunity to really serve somebody in the ministry God's called me to. And do I need to adjust things here? So I think it's definitely a balancing act. Yeah, yeah, and I think again, it's hard in ministry because you're trying to write back home to let people who have supported your ministry, you know, all all the stuff that's going on, and uh, you know, it, you you can't. I mean, you should be able to, but you can't just fill a newsletter just talking about how what your family is doing. Yeah. But but that is so important, and and people who are really supporting you and supporting your family and supporting the longevity of your ministry and your stay wherever you are. Um, are going to support that because they understand how important it is to have a healthy family unit. Yeah, because you're ultimately the work that you're doing for the Lord can only be as healthy as your first ministry, which is your family. So, yeah. yeah. Which also, we got to go on a date. We got to go on a date. Yeah. Oh yeah, which is also very important, you know, making sure that, um, that, and I think we're noticing that even, uh, we're talking about Veda a lot just because she's more perceptive, obviously. Lily just kind of goes along with whatever's happening. But yeah. but I think, um, you know, making sure Veda knows that, you know, we're a priority to each other and, um, as a married unit and, and that we love each other uh, first and foremost, and then that makes her feel secure. Yes, and I think that we've done a really good job of that just in this last month. And maybe it was a point to recognize that we had hadn't done that as intentionally as we needed to when we first got here because I think I think in the hustle and bustle of moving and the trying to get the kids acclimated and the trying to just figure out how to do regular everyday things grocery shop turn the heat on all the outlets are different you have to turn the switch on like how many times have you plugged in your phone and not popped that switch so your phone was dead all night me personally (laughs) never (laughs) but okay that you're the wrong person to ask me personally once a week. Yeah, so here in uh, in in the UK, they have little switches for every one of their outlets. So you have to turn them all on individually, and then you turn them off when you're done. Which is which a really great concept. It's actually but really really smart. My but. point being, there are so many things in a day that your mind is wrapped around. On top of being exhausted, on top of being sick, which is a whole nother episode we could talk about, but 
to then also be intentional with, hey, we need to get a babysitter to go on a date or, hey, let's do a we, we did really well at making sure that the girls each got individual time with us, I think. But in the last month or so, I think Veda has seen us make each other a priority. And like Keith said, like her, you know, I know some of you back home are probably nodding like, of course, of course. But if you've ever done a move like this or you're preparing to do a move like this, to let your children see that you are stable and secure and and also see that you are are dealing with the same things because I think there's there's also a fault where you try to brush it away for the kids like oh everything's fine it's okay you know the, everything's fine well to Veda it's not fine and so to let her know like I know everybody sounds a little different here that sounds funny doesn't it I think is helpful to her to see that she's not alone in some of these things and so yeah 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 I think that even letting your kids see that you're struggling through things not in a way that puts that stress on them but let them know that it's difficult for you or that things make you nervous as well, um, I think. And I think struggling through them is, like that word, struggling through things, is not a negative. Like, you know, I, I shared with somebody back home recently, like, oh, well, this was a big challenge. And they said, well, why don't you just come home then? Like, you can you can always try again later. And I'm like, no, 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 you know that that's just must not be the right way to word it because it's not a struggle in the sense that it's a negative thing. It's a natural adapting. It's a natural... Like, if it wasn't a struggle, well, then be prepared because something must be about to happen because it's like, I don't know, I think those things are very normal and it's okay. It's okay to have a hard day. It's okay to be homesick. It's okay to to prefer things back home, which I think Veda is really working through right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Today, we had an awesome opportunity to go to the beach. So I've, I've shared this on the podcast before, but... When we first moved here, we thought it would be special to take her to the beach on the coast of um, like Blackpool area in England. And we thought, okay, we'll show her that there's a beach here. Yes, it's different. We prepared her. Of course, it's not Florida. Well, it was it was just a horrible experience for Veda. She was extremely emotional, could not grasp the fact that it was cold. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's we laugh, but it was really sad. I mean, she had a really she's talked about it a couple times a week since that it's not the beach in Florida she wants to go home but today we got to take her to the beach here in Ireland and the sun was shining and while it was cold and she had to wear her jacket she sat and played in the sand yeah for like half an hour she had so much fun yeah until she got wet with the cold water and then she wasn't wasn't so happy (laughs) but she recovered quickly (laughs) so anyway so yeah so being here has been really nice. So we've taken a few days before our ministry obligations to just be a family and to do fun things like that. And we intentionally planned that beach trip to try and show Veda again, like, let's try again. Let's show her there's a beach here. Let's prepare her that it's different. And I think that it went well. She picked seashells. She built sandcastles. She wore her winter coat the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And I think also paying special close attention to, um, to your kids' interests. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Veda has taken an interest in, um, you know, taking pictures of things. So she likes photography and, yeah. and uh, you know, giving her the opportunity to document these things because these are things and experiences that, uh, you know, as she goes about her life, she might not exactly remember everything, but to be able to have pictures of those memories of when our family went on vacation in Ireland and, and spent time um, you know, on this side of the world is is pretty special. So embrace that and help them know how to embrace that. Yes. And I think that I sat with that for a long time because so many people would say like, oh, the kids will never remember that or they won't remember. And I think that that's a neat concept to hold on to 
in times when you really need to remember that there's grace for things like, okay, you got it wrong today. Okay, the kid had a bad day. Well, they're probably not going to remember it. And that and that's kind of some assurance there, some grace there. But it's not necessarily the moment that they're going to remember, but it's the feeling, it's the experience. It's These are what is, are defining her. Does she like to travel? Does she do well in these seasons of transition and adjustment? Like this, while she might not remember every day while she's three years old here in Ireland, she's going to remember these experiences because they're part of what's creating her to be her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely not experts in it all, but but we've definitely heard it said and and have experienced that that she remembers the feelings associated mm-hmm. with things, and uh, and we can probably remember those things when we're kids without you know really having a specific memory of something, but we know that we had a feeling or or a security in or lack of security yeah. in in our in our lives, and so I think it makes you who you are, and so making sure that she has those securities and those good feelings. Um, not that every day is good, um, but yeah. but that they outnumber them. And I think that that's like, so one thing we've noticed since we've been here, so those of you who have heard my testimony, like I moved around a lot as a child. My parents were divorced when I was two. I was back and forth between the coasts. My mom was in California. My dad was on the East Coast. And while they did their best to manage it and make it as smooth as possible, to travel across the country multiple times a year alone to see your other parent is a lot. And I think that um, even as a young child, I could sense the tension and all of the things that were obviously natural that come with a divorce. Sometimes when I see Veda going through a similar situation when we're moving or when things feel uncomfortable, it's easy for me to want to put my feelings on her. Like, Anyway, so like talking about how deeply rooted it is as an adult, I still live with the anxieties of that from a kid. And so sometimes I see Veda experiencing these things and I assume, or my body wants to assume, that she's feeling the same things I felt when her situation is completely different. Her family unit's secure. This is a move we've made for the gospel. And it's very different. And so I think that it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a unique testimony to how every experience you go through is for your future yeah yeah so anyways okay so we're in ireland we went to the beach the girls are doing great yes this last couple days has been our attempt to really just spend some intentional time as a family and the day before we left even even though this is our family vacation the day before we left we got a babysitter so that keith and i could go out and spend time together before we spent time together as a family like we needed to be refreshed and refueled and just remember that we're in this together so that we can invest in the girls over these next few days because coming up in the next month we have so much travel we're going to be in about five different countries over the next five weeks yeah yeah that's insane (laughs) okay so i just want to share a little bit about our time here tell everybody where we stayed our first night we stayed in basically it was a castle it was a castle what do you mean basically it was a castle it it was a tower Rapunzel's Tower. Yep, yep. So we stayed in a place <laughs> called Drummond Tower, uh, which is apparently um, a pretty pretty famous place. It's won some awards for the way it's been renovated um, from 1858. It's mm. uh, basically just a tower, um, a spiral stair- staircase that's made out of stone, um, and just a single room on each floor, and then a rooftop terrace on the like fourth floor. Technically, is open roof. It was really neat. It was. It was. 
it's on Airbnb. It was really affordable and we thought what a neat thing for the girls. So this was one of our attempts to invest in the girls and and let them have a fun experience. And while Lily, of course, is probably a little too young, we got both of them a princess dress and Veda just was beside herself. She thought that she was in Rapunzel's tower and she lived it up. She she wore that princess dress all day long. Yeah, she actually wore it out to dinner that night. We went to, we got some uh, some uh, Irish fish and chips mm-hmm. and uh, and she wore her, uh, her princess dress out. Uh, to get fish and chips, and we danced, and it was great. Oh, yes. She she got out of her chair, and she went up to Keith and bowed in front of him and said, would you like to dance, Prince Charming? And so it was really sweet. So she's having a good time. Um, and then we made our way down the coast to, uh, again, we're in, in Phoenix tonight. and Not even down the coast. We basically went from the top east corner of the country to the bottom west coast of well, the country. Well, and if you even back up, we went from Belfast. We were in Belfast in the morning, and... Oh, Belfast was so neat. Okay, can we just take a minute to talk about Belfast? We had a meeting in Belfast with the C.S. Lewis Institute city director, and it was a ministry appointment, but we learned so much about C.S. Lewis and his life. And I want to, can I just tell like my favorite fact that I learned? Yeah, of course. It's your podcast. (laughs) Okay, so C.S. Lewis grew up literally across the road from the shipyard where the Titanic would have been built. And so when we were touring the city with our friend, he commented on how when C.S. Lewis was a young boy, he would have heard the Titanic being built. And I just thought like, what a neat collision of two historical moments that was. Yeah. So anyways, I thought that was really cool. Um, If you are ever able to come to this side of the world, I suggest going to the C.S. Lewis Square and to Belfast because it's just full of rich, rich history. Yeah, and what a legacy he left as a Christian apologist and and uh, and did it in such a creative way mm-hmm. that I think um, a lot of us don't do. We're not creative enough um, or don't tap into that creativity uh, in ways to share the good news of Jesus. And we, we just um, you know think we can only do it from a pulpit or preach it a certain way uh, where he was so creative with Narnia and everything else to point towards Jesus. Um, it's pr- pretty incredible. It really was. And to just see the legacy in his hometown there was was really awesome. Yeah, and, ha- and how like the Narnia stories have, they're not even just, you know, you don't just find them in like church libraries. Like they are uh, f- world famous stories that people read regardless of your religion yeah. and uh, and how it was all meant to point towards Christ um, is, is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so... That just reminded me of one other thing, though, because I said that's so awesome. And it was one of the comments that um, our friend that we met there made. He said that just people in the West, so being like North America, we use that word awesome so lightly now. And that word awesome was always supposed to point to the awe of the Lord. And we use it for like the most casual, like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, anyways, um, it just reminds me as Lent is starting this week, I saw uh, some friends of ours, some other missionaries post about how, like whether you practice Lent or whether it's unfamiliar to you, it's a really good opportunity to just really be disciplined and go back to to the basics of spiritual discipline. And whether you are fasting from something or starting a new practice, they suggested two things that I've never thought about. One was to stop complaining and the other was to stop being the first to speak and I thought can you imagine if for 40 days you just decided to like not be the first you would be fine at this because you're a good listener but for somebody like me 
if I just decided to not be the first to speak, I think that the Lord could really work in how good of a listener I could become. I almost prefer not to speak Hmm. at all. Maybe you should be the first to speak. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, okay. So we've talked a lot about like how you can um, just continue making your family a priority while being in ministry or while making a move for ministry. And for us, I think it just boils down to those few things. And that is really investing in each other, investing in your marriage first, investing in your, in your family. And I know that that sounds like, of course, yeah, marriage and then children, but it is so important because in this season of life with two young children, they seem to take the priority often. And so to be intentional with that and then taking time away and not jumping in all the way or right away. Yeah. I think that's it. So this has been a really special trip for us. So we're in Ireland for a few more days. And what are we doing this weekend? Uh, So this weekend we are attending the Christian Motorcycle Association Ireland Conference, um, which I'm excited about. Well, you're speaking at it. Yep, speaking at it and excited to be there. Um, Really cool ministry if you ever have the chance to check them out. Or if you are a biker, Mm -hmm. um, it it is a pretty awesome way that they, uh, they reach other bikers um, and reach people all around the world. Um, one of our big ministry partners, which is the reason we're speaking there. So, um, yeah, you can uh, see all more uh, about that on on our uh, link that Talia always shares with you. Yes. And if you have a stirring in your heart to serve the Lord or to visit over here for ministry's sake, if you want to see Ireland just for fun, or if you want more encouragement of how you can make your pri- your family a priority from wherever you are, definitely reach out. We would love to encourage you in that. Um, but we will chat soon from somewhere else around the world. And until then, we will see you next time from somewhere in the great wide. Did you know you can follow our journey even closer on social media? Find me, Talia Comer, on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to partner with us in all the work that God is doing across the UK and Europe through Missionary Ventures, you can join us by going to mvi.org slash Comer, C-O-M-E-R.